throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Things Worth Considering. I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with Alexia Georgiousis. Uh, did I just butcher your name? <laughs> no, you did very well. Okay, all right. Um, uh, I'm here with Alexia. Uh, she is a naturopathic doctor uh, here in Toronto. Uh, she was an associate dean of clinical studies at the Boucher Institute of Naturopathic Medicine in British Columbia and uh, clinical faculty at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. Uh, she teaches also at the Transformational Arts College, and uh, this very dynamic lady also maintains two private practices uh, at two different clinics. I'm exhausted just introducing you. Um, do you sleep? I do sleep. You do sleep. I do okay. absolutely. They say it's good for us. Yes. So welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Gord. Uh, I'm really good glad to be here. that you could come. Thank uh, you. So are you having fun? What you do? Absolutely. Yeah, you absolutely. look like it. You do, you just have good. A, a good. A good glow. Oh, well, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Even if it is the end of the day. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, before we go any further, uh, I just wanted to say that we've been having some technical difficulties over the last couple of shows. And it's on our end. It is not on the end of Voice America. And the team of engineers who make this happen are absolutely superb and I just want to reach out and thank them for their concern and help every time that there has been a glitch and uh, hopefully our new equipment will move us forward. So again, let's uh, welcome you to the show and uh, uh, you do uh, lots of treating and teaching people about homeopathy. Uh, I have really minimal exposure to it at all. Uh, I know it's based on the law of similars. Uh, Most of us listening are familiar with the law of attraction and opposites attract. <laughs> That's pretty much to do with relationships, though. Uh, <laughs> but similar's jumps sort of to the other side of the fence, you know? It does, absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And the thing about homeopathy is that, first of all, the language and a few concepts are really important to sort of see the idea of law of similars. The main principle is that something that would cause particular symptoms in crude form can be used in an ultra-dilute way to actually help someone with those same symptoms. That's 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 kind of like really beyond fascinating. I mean, it's so opposite of allopathic medicine. It is opposite. However, there are some examples where homeopathy, the concept of homeopathy is in allopathic medicine. For example, Ritalin. Ritalin is a pharmaceutical that is used to treat people who suffer from attention deficit disorder or hyperactivity. However, in uh, people who don't have those symptoms, Ritalin is a stimulant. Oh, yeah. So that's an example of homeopathy on a conventional, you know, uh, platform. Okay. But again, with homeopathy, the origins were that essentially the, the father of homeopathy found out through his work with certain translations of medical texts that he wondered could something in a very minute dose actually help with a condition that looked like 
had particular symptoms. Right. So, so this was Hahnemann, Samuel Hahnemann was the father of homeopathy. Yeah, I was and, reading about him actually. And, and, uh, he was, he was a doctor himself, an allopathic doctor who got really he, burned out because he didn't believe in what they were doing. Well, burned out and disillusioned because that was the time of bloodletting and leeches and you know, <laughs> things that he was like, that's my no. favorite time. <laughs> I miss all that. Uh, um, it, it, yeah, I was reading about that. Yeah. Uh, and, and just his whole thought process of if something that makes you this ill, if I give it to you in my nude form will actually make you better if you have the same symptoms. Correct, correct. Right? And the and law of similars, what you're mentioning, it's, it's basically let like your like. So the overall premise is that there's something out in our world, our cosmos, our universe that is always valuable in some capacity. We just don't know what it could be used for. I agree. So yeah. he was looking with law of similars to basically find what is the minutest dose that could be used that could be beneficial, but not have harmful effects. Right. So that's right. basically, homeopathy could also be called microdosing or nanodosing, but okay. it's ultra dilute, right. essentially. It's really ultra, yeah, because yeah. I've, I've read a couple of studies where they actually did, like went into a lab and, and looked at what was in there, and it was kind of like, well, they couldn't even find it. That's just it, it's, it's diluted beyond Avogadro's number, which is basically there's not any molecules left of the original substance right, right, and this right. is energetics this is so the idea of, saying, it's energetics yeah, right which is which is absolutely everything i, I believe in yeah. is that that whole you know universal energy and the energy we all have and we could actually share with one another you know in, in terms of helping people yes uh, yes so this is this is really a form of energetic medicine it is also. it is a form of energetic medicine absolutely it's and the way that a remedy is prepared that's the other part is that a remedy is prepared with an intention and a procedure that's called dynamization so it's a combination of not just diluting a substance but also successively diluting it and then using it's a, a, a basically a pounding technique, pulverization, and that is, it sounds kind of odd, but it's considered to sort of invoke or stimulate the hidden vital force within the remedy. Okay. So the belief is that everything, including ourselves, has this universal, whether you want to call it consciousness or innate wisdom or a vital force, and that's really what the remedy is doing. The remedy is treating the vital force. Okay. So, uh, um I'm, I'm sort of understanding that. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the other concept that's really important is that Hahnemann's view of disease is that the disease or dis-ease comes from a misattunement mis or misalignment of the vital force. Right. Okay. So the vital force is the, basically Is the, that not our planet? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Is, is that no, not our worry. planet today? Our planet today. Is totally out of alignment. So there's a root cause. There's an alignment and the remedy is helping to bring the vital force back into alignment. Okay. Can we, is there a homeopathic dose for like the whole planet? <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was. There probably we all could took be. it at there the same time. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. All of our nasty politicians disappeared, or at least their <laughs> nice essence came out. Uh, okay, that's, that's, that's interesting. As I said, I don't have a lot of experience with it. Mm -hmm. um, I was involved with a program that, um, uh, you know, without going into any depth, it involved taking an electrical charge. Uh, as part of this this experiment, and it would really hurt me, uh, the my arm and shoulder and so on. So someone recommended I take arnica, but uh, about a day before, and then do the get the shocking experience, and and continue on for another couple of days, and it really worked. Good. It really worked. That's it, great. It, the, the muscle, you know, pain and tension and so on. Yes, yes, and arnica is 
you know, it's very well known now for most people in terms of any kind of injury, um, acute yes. injury in particular. And so it's often found in, uh, you know, you can find health food stores, drug stores, but the idea with acute remedies, especially what you're describing, is that most human beings, people experience certain traumas the same way, especially physical. Yes. So for example, what you're describing or, you know, a burn or a cut, we typically heal the same way. So it's not as individualized. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I was just thinking as you're talking there, the other one I have used quite successfully was actually Tromiel, mm, yeah. uh, which is also, I believe it's a painkiller too. Well, it's, it's again, Tromiel is a, what's called a, a combination remedy. So it's more than one homeopathic in the uh, cream or the ointment. Right. So it's, it's actually, uh, you know, Arnica will be in there and there might be some other remedies. I'm not sure what they are, but it's used similarly for topical use of pain. Some people can take it. You can also get in pill form or tablet and you can take it orally. But again, it's energetically dealing with the vibration or the experience of the pain, the trauma, helping the body to heal. The, uh, uh, it was actually for, for a knee that wasn't working very well. And, uh, uh, it was quite painful, and it took the pain, and gradually, you know, the, the knee began to heal itself. Yeah, fantastic. You know, it was yeah. great, great. Again, stuff. it's it's the alignment, right? Getting this back <laughs> into into yeah. alignment. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I was quite surprised actually. Like, yeah, okay, you know, what do you mean it's not been gay or whatever? Right, you know? right. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me, down the one wrong way. Um, <coughs> are we dealing with okay. acute or chronic here? Yeah, both acute and chronic can be used in homeopathy. And that means that, again, going with the general aspect of how people experience an injury is one part, like what you were just describing with your knee or things like that. In chronic conditions, there needs to be more of a case that's taken to really determine the individual's experience of the misalignment. So everyone, that's the thing about homeopathy, is that not everyone has the same experience of something, let's say, like a headache. You know, you could have a, a headache that some people would say, oh, I, I have a stabbing pain, whereas other people might say, well, I have a lot of pressure. And how someone experiences the pain is how you determine the chronic remedy. So this is why homeopathy can be used for acute and chronic, and it requires a different skill set and also um, training, especially for the chronic. So, so acute, it's different. You know, you can definitely find Tramiel or Arnica, um, common remedies. But when it's a, a chronic condition, it requires more case taking and getting a sense of how does the individual experience this? Because everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also just such a rise in chronic. Yes. As, as we're aging. Chronic, absolutely. And again, what is the root of the chronic? From the homeopathic standpoint, the misalignment of the vital force basically causes the imbalance. And the imbalance is how dis-ease symptoms start to develop. So they kind of hang on to this imbalance. So once an imbalance is present in the vital force, then diseases can start to basically hang on to it. And when I say right. disease, I'm not saying, you know, pathologies per se, but I'm also talking about just symptoms that are general. It doesn't have to be a, yeah, a like diagnosis. Yeah, getting out of bed, oh, my yeah. back, my legs, my I'm exactly. aching. Yeah. Exactly. So, so for example, with something like diabetes, a, a chronic uh, condition that can have uh, very serious consequences. But again, why did the diabetes develop? So the perspective from homeopathy is not only an external stimulus, but also an internal susceptibility. 
goes back to right. the terrain. And again, the individual experiences it differently. So symptoms play a huge role in your ability to diagnose that. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, yeah definitely. I, unlike, unlike I think sometimes, I, I'm not even sure they're taken into consideration sometimes in allopathic medicine. Well, I, I don't know. I won't, I'll, I'll, I will, you know, not, take the fifth on, on that, that one. <laughs> but I think that, they, I think that everyone's trying to do their best and it's Absolutely. also limited in terms of, um, you know, some people will get certain information because part of it is there is some time that's required when you're asking people about their symptoms, what makes it better, what makes it worse. And in addition to the symptoms, it's also what is their mental emotional experience with it? Right. So some people are really upset when they have a bad cold. Some yes. people they're not bothered by it. Right. That will determine which remedy is indicated. Really? That will help determine it. Yeah. So absolutely. the cold itself isn't really the problem. It's, it's no. the response to it as well. Exactly. Perfect. Well said, because that was what Hanuman talked about. He said, not only are you looking at the pathology and the disease presentation or right. the disease, you also have to look at how the person Perceives is experienced, it. how their experience is. It's It becomes one. Yeah, You're yeah. looking at the whole person, right. which includes them as well as their experience and the symptoms of what they're experiencing. So it's like bio, psycho, social approach to. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. this was back in the 1800s, right? Hahnemann's yeah, I know that's, uh, it's kind of amazing because the whole idea of the, you know, biological and psychological and social is quite, uh, quite new basically in the fifties or sixties. Um, cause you know, when I, I'm thinking about that, um, in, in therapy and psychotherapy, um, you know, it, the person's perception of of the pain, the event, whatever, determines so much in terms of how they are going to internalize it, physicalize it, you know, uh, uh, emotional uh, uh, reactions to it. And it's all really based on those things. Yes. So yes. I'm Very sort similar. of hearing that, that how, like, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, uh, God hates me. I have this cold. And. And so on versus someone like, uh, I got a cold, so what? Right, you know? right, right. And that's exactly what, what Hahnemann spoke about. Treat the whole person, but also mm. don't look at just the pathology, the symptoms of the disease. You have to look at how is this person impacted and what is their belief or experience. Right, right. Their belief, yeah. yeah. Our belief around, you know, things. Uh, I, I just spent a weekend teaching uh, about loss you know, mm. loss for some people is very different and very, very traumatic uh, compared to other people. You yes. know, is it anticipatory grief? You know, like all of those kinds of things. But, you know, our perception just plays such a huge role. Massive. And and that will and that determines how healthy we are or not, you know, how we, we live our life and so on. So I just yes. think it's really interesting. I didn't know that about homeopathy. It's kind of like, oh, here, take these drops, you know. Yeah. And, and, because that's you know, been you, my experience. Absolutely. And that's the thing is that, you know, sometimes homeopathy, I think that it's not it's misunderstood. And no one I really knows that. how it works. Right. Like there's, you know, these are theories, but no one really knows how it works. But it is very individualized. So that's why it can't be where, okay, we're going to take all these people that have migraines and we're going to give them the same homeopathic because everyone has an individual experience of the migraine. Oh my goodness, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had friends that have them and fortunately I'm blessed. I, will, I do not get headaches. And yeah. they are just so miserable sometimes. Oh, yeah. They can barely really function. debilitating, yeah. very debilitating. And it's almost like that first thump in their head and they're just, they just begin to fall apart yeah. immediately because yeah. it's kind of like they know where it's going to go, or at least that's what they learned is the projection of the pain, yeah. you know, kind yeah. of thing. And I think yeah. that, you know, 
and, and anything, it doesn't matter whether it's migraines or not, that once we learn that there's a projection of something, mm-hmm. we'll keep repeating it. Yes. You yes. Know, yeah, that, very true. And that's that goes back to also bringing it back to the homeopathic aspect, which is very similar, is that that's sort of the constellation of symptoms, which can also be in a pattern form. So mm. a particular pattern that keeps presenting itself. So how let's say someone experiences the migraine where it, it goes up and down, up and down. And then that pattern also is experienced in their work life or right. in their relationships. So what's going on in this person from a constitutional level in terms of the pattern of what they experience as in their lives. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that really boils down to where I'm coming from is, is, uh, you know, the whole thing of what our belief system is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, and we learn those, some of those beliefs so early on, yeah. you know, just uh, being in the presence of our mother and father, you right. know, let right. alone talking to them. <laughs> well, and not even realizing that we're taking it in. Oh no! Right, not even realizing it. Pre-verbal. No. It, uh, it's way pre-verbal. Yeah. It's uh, well, I mean, even if, even once we start talking, we don't have the mental capacity to understand anything, but we do have the emotional capacity to have that felt sense of being in the world. Mm. You know, I mean, the brain doesn't happen. You know, the brain doesn't really reach an intellectual maturity until about age of eight, when you can rationalize with a child that says, if you run on the street, this can happen. When you're doing it to a four and a five-year-old. They're like, yeah, okay, la la, <laughs> and they're gonna run out because they're not going to understand at an intellectual level what that means. Right. You right. know. Now, if they were hurt, it's a felt sense, and so therefore now it's impacted them. Right. Right. All right? Uh, so that that just makes a, you know just a huge difference. That sometimes we we uh, can be very hard on ourselves uh, because of something that's like three, four, five years of age. Well, you don't have the intellectual capacity to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Everything yes. is felt. You feel your mother, you feel your father, and you feel the tension in the house or the or the love and the joy in the house, whatever it is, you know. Uh, but we can really beat ourselves up sometimes for not being smart enough. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think, you know, humanity has that aspect, right, where should have yeah. known, how could, and we don't understand it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, there's a natural, a natural tendency that sort of enough studies have shown that Uh, We'll be right back. Uh, We have to break here and I will carry on trying to understand everything there is to do about homeopathy. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you satisfied with your life? Do you know that more should be possible? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the creators of Access, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Our program offers pragmatic tools to change things in your life that you haven't been able to change until now. What if all of life could come to you with ease, joy, and glory? Tune in to Access Consciousness Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. 
Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. This is Gord Riddell, and I'm here with Alexia. Uh, Alexia, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and uh, we're talking about homeopathy, but we're talking about much more than that. We're talking about some philosophies around how we live our life and how uh, what happens when we disconnect somehow. Um, what do you think our biggest obstacle is to optimal health? Great question. And I would say the biggest obstacle is two-pronged. One is not truly knowing what we want in terms of how we want to feel, understanding that. And secondly, having a bit of a a roadmap or some consistency. And that to me is because most people do know how to be healthy. We do know choices. Okay. The, the, you know, it's layered in terms of what makes us choose something over something else. And, uh, again, consistency is massive because it's not about perfection. Um, it's not about pushing all the time. It has to be adaptable. And I think that either what I see is often there's too much rigidness or rigidity in a plan or what someone wants and not really aligning with a sense of what really makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we have models for that. That's the problem, yeah. you know? No. It's very, it's very difficult for us to break patterns. 
uh, when everybody else was still doing the old pattern or living, you know, people think living life to the full is like being drunk and, and <laughs> high and, and, you know, eating too much and sleeping all day. God, that sounds like fun. But, uh, but, <laughs> but you know, it's just uh, at some point, some of us make a decision. We don't want to do that. Yes. You know, but yes. we don't have a, we don't have a lot of support around that. Yeah, and that's a very good point because definitely the modeling and that's where I think the introspection and self-reflection are, are huge and getting a sense where in our society somehow we, you know, grow up or learn with, wait a minute, my own sense of opinion and self matters. That right. it's not so much about pleasing others, but it's like, what is it that, that I want? And that can be a really challenging question for, for anyone. Extremely, extremely. Yeah. Because, you know, um, Again, I, I, it goes back to we don't we don't have support around that. Yeah. Often, you know, what do you want? And we say, and it's like, seriously, right? You know, like, did I say something wrong? To them, I did. Right. Or they can't imagine. Well, let's start with a school. I mean, when I opened it, people were like, "Really, Gord? You're going to open up a school? It's spiritually based in education and healthcare." Uh, yeah, and they're like. Good luck on you. You know, I mean, there was no support. It was just kind of like the guy's crazy. But, you know, uh, I've got this I saying bet. around that says, do it because they said you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know? it is. It's like there was something in you that said, no, I want to open the school. Yeah. Even though there weren't the support in place and in, in terms of models, because it's 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 new. It's different. And we know the brain habituates. Yes. So very often the brain will automatically start to look at habituation. That's a comfortable place. Oh, very. So change throws us unless we know and trust a felt sense that we can adapt. Right. But creating something new like you did without supports, huge kudos to you for sure, because that is something, especially how long ago, 30 years now? 32 years 32 ago. 32 years. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And, and much- The banks love me. <laughs> You're going to do what? <laughs> do you have a business model for that? Uh, yeah, the mystery schools from like a thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. There was nothing. Right. There was really nothing. No. And, and it was like pulling numbers from the sky. And yeah. But, you know. And it, look, it's here. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, this is something that's needed. It was well ahead of its time. It was very ahead of its time. Yeah, very right. ahead of its time. It certainly wasn't habituated. Yeah. The only habitualness was from my grandmother, who I always talk about. You know, uh, I mean, she's my she's my role model for being in this business. You know, she really? Was, yeah, she was a spiritual. Uh, um, she was a spiritualist minister, actually. She had her own church. She she's the one who taught me how to do energy healing when oh, I was fantastic. like little. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I had, if I had a headache, I went to her. She put her hands on my head and went away. You know. Fantastic. So so for me, it's not it's nothing to do with supernatural or. It's just yeah. that's natural in the world. Well, and that's a really good point because it is. We've just have become so disconnected from it because yes. it exists all the time. It's within us all the time. Yep. But we we we're busy. We're we're really you know so much in our heads in terms of thinking and analyzing and assuming, and creating narrative instead of a felt sense. Oh, that narrative. Yes. Tell me what your narrative was. What led you into this business then? Ooh, for me, you know what? For me, I always held, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's because I have a Greek background, but I always had this, this attraction to ancient Greece and the idea oh. of balance, especially when they talked about the Olympic games. Yes, yes. It was the idea of how to be, you know, not only physically athletic, but also 
you know, learning science and maths and artists and art and philosophy yes. and creativity. But there was also this real reverence for, in my opinion, the power of spirit that was there. You know, that look at the oracles, the Delphic Oracle that yeah, was yeah. that was all of this spirituality was embodied. It was part of the culture. It was just embodied, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't something you did separate from. It was exactly. part of. And I think exactly. that's really the difference is we separated. I think religion separated us from it. Yeah. yeah. And in so many ways, by creating all these rules and regulations that, you know, these white guys, you know, are just telling us what what we're supposed to do and, and you know, people just don't want to do that anymore. Right. Right. You know, it's uh, I mean, women alone forget the fact that these are these white old men in Europe that are doing this, you know, yeah. but I think women have been very disenfranchised. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's <laughs> been recorded. And there's lots of different uh, authors that are, you know, publishing writings that are based on with Mary Magdalene and, and ideas of the women that were present then, but they were just sort of written out of it. They were totally um, written out of it. You know, it's, it's like, of course they were. And they were also in North America, the women and in and all over the world, they were the healers. They were the medicine women. They were the ones using botanicals. They were the midwives. That's right. And they had a tremendous amount of, um, I would say, you know, in terms of respect and and of their healing powers and 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 their wisdom ultimately, you know, yeah. their creativity. They had a lot of autonomy as well. They didn't have yeah. people like sitting all, over top of them right. saying whether this was right or wrong. You know. Uh, I don't know how we managed to spin around into that position, you know. Um, you know, when I looked at your website, I mean, I know you teach here and so on, but I, I never really looked at your website That's or okay. so on. But you use the word thrive, and yes. I just think that is such a dynamic word to use. I think yes. that it just encapsulates what so many people want in their lives is to have a thriving life, mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, we get the, the energy, it's, the, that word just has so much energy in it. You know, how are you? I'm thriving. Wow. It does have a lot of energy. You know, it's, it has, you know, it's an action word. It's a movement word. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes healing. Eh, it's kind of stagnant. Right. You know, it's sort of a static word. It's like, what does that kind of mean? You know, are you healing for to die? Are you healing right. to go back to work? You know, but thrive, thrive is a brilliant word. I just love the fact you used it. Yeah, thank you. I, I really like that word as well. And I, it's funny, I've never thought about healing in that context in that way. But you're right. I think that there is, there's a definite different feel to it. For me, Thrive is absolutely someone who feels very present in their lives. And they feel like they're a part of it. Yes. That they're engaged more often than feeling dull. That's why I asked you, are you having fun doing this? Absolutely. Yeah, that's thriving. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it, you know, of course, I get tired and we need to rest and we feel like you want alone time, but it's that, that sort of in and out and that awareness of the in and out, you know, that, that fluctuation and, and knowing that energy is fluctuating all the time. But Always, when you thrive, yeah. you can be, you can fully show up. You yep. can fully be in your body, in your mind, in your experience. And it might not be pleasant, but you're still thriving. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and knowing when to, uh, you know, read those signs that says you need to pull back. You need yeah. to like, just take a breather and, and do it respectfully. You know, for instance, I need to go away from people because I'm, I'm you know, I mean, I'm an externalized introvert sort of thing. <laughs> I'm out there, but I'm really quite, you know, I don't, I don't get energy being with people. I re-energize in my silence mm. and being alone and by the ocean, especially, you know, for some reason. Uh, but, uh, 
you know, it's just sort of knowing that, you know, taking a couple of days off and being in the city doesn't, it just isn't going to cut it the same way. Because I got to be on the phone, I got to go out with friends, I got to do stuff. And as much as I mean, I love doing, you know, I love my friends and so on, the actual regeneration has to occur in solitude. Mm, yes. And, and I think that a lot of people also experience that where they, they want the solitude and they want the quiet. And of course, nature connection is massive because it's so mm. nourishing. And I do believe also that even depending on, on what feeds you and having that awareness, you can still be nourished when you're in a city because, you know, all of it can be just witnessed instead of the, the differences is you get when we get sucked into the chaos Yep. And we get we're in the vortex of the spinning. That's when we lose ourselves and we lose we become very depleted. But when we have that awareness of going, okay, even though it's busy over here, I can still be very calm inside, and you can still find you know uh, nourishing energy. It just oh, sure. it just takes a little bit more. I would say a deeper practice. It's not maybe not as easy, but then again, I don't know. I mean, there are people that can just be present no matter what's going on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think that. You know, one of the things uh, now, both of us have lived in B.C. Yes. Uh, and of course, there it's all about nature. But Toronto, I think, is an amazing city because it, there's so much green space here. The valley systems, uh, you know, and you get out of the city really quite quickly. Yes. Uh, you know, into sort of country, you know, kind of settings and so on. Yeah. So that's why, you know, often I think Toronto and, and like, let's face it, like Ontario is big enough to be a an ocean <laughs> Absolutely. or a sea. I go, to the, I go to the lake all the time. I go very often to the lake. It's very therapeutic. I have a sit spot there where I have two sit spots where I like to sit and just actually have a dialogue with the lake yes. or let it nourish me, be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Be a part of, I'm, I'm not in the water, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a little chilly. Uh, I used to live down there. Actually. Oh, did you? Yes, yeah. Uh, the beach area is just an, an amazing area. Uh, but it's recognizing that that's what you need. I think that's the most important thing. I think we we kind of deny or we feel like maybe we're we're just weird if we say to people, I just really need time by myself. Yes. And actually Are you okay? Yeah. Right. Right. I'm more than okay. You know, and if you don't stop asking questions, I won't be okay. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Like, and actually that goes back to your question earlier around what would be an, sort of an obstacle in terms of people thriving and people having optimal health. And I think you touched on it, which is essentially asking for what we need or giving ourselves permission to say, this is what I need. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, we're so polite Canadians. We're terribly polite and we have difficulty saying no. That too is. Is that whole boundaries thing of saying, okay, so do I want to keep you happy and go and do whatever, you know, with, with a group of people, uh, or just do it. Or do I really go down to the lake and go to, as you said, a sit spot? <laughs> right. You know? Well, and it goes back to, it. I, I, one of the biggest things that's helped me was recognizing that it doesn't have to be either or. It can be and. It yes. just means that maybe I can't show up at 10%, 10, 10 out of 10, but 10%, but I can, <laughs> but I can give two out of 10. And that was really transformative for me around going, oh, it's not just either or. I can be included in, you know, whatever if someone else needs me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's also you can come with me, but just don't talk. Right. You right. Know, you, if you want to share my space, that's wonderful. But it's a place of, you know, just I just need to be really quiet. Yeah. Don't ask me questions. 
You know, let's not say, oh, how pretty the birds are, whatever. We can do that and get it over with and then just sit down and be quiet. Silence uh, is so powerful. Calmness absolutely. is so powerful. And it's very, it's very difficult to find people that are comfortable with your silence. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, not that I'm a silent guy, you know, at all. But uh, if I am, it's like there has to be something really seriously wrong. Mm. Yeah, I think that that can be a general sort of, um, you know, kind of comfortable place for people because silence feels uncomfortable. And, and then as long as there, it's prefaced, even if it's prefaced, I find that sometimes people still aren't comfortable with no. it. It's like, because they mm. get feelings. Mm -hmm. Their feelings start to come up. You know, as long as you're talking, you can't feel anything. Right. You know, <laughs> really. Exactly. It's like, okay, shh, let's, just, let's, just, let's just be quiet. Um, uh, let's just be quiet here and uh, turn off your alarm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny, actually. It uh, is. It was perfect timing. Yeah, so Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, people, you know, uh, uh, who, who are absolutely, you know, consistent talkers is uh, because they're not feeling anything and you get them to just be quiet and they're antsy. They get agitated. It's really bizarre. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that goes back to people. The more people learn how to be able to be comfortable with the discomfort and just let these feelings sort of, you know, wash over them and that they're going to be okay that is going to be very helpful for their overall well-being. Oh, no question about it. Yeah. No question. I mean, that's just part of, I think, our overall well-being is, is, is just our ability to be okay with who we are, mm -hmm. not who we think we should be or where we should think we should be at this time of our life. Uh, all of those absolutely. shoulds and, you know, should is just based in shame. It's, it, is, it is a big one. Yeah. It's a big hook. Yeah. And well, it's just so, uh, it's so present. Yes. You know, without without even realizing it sometimes. Yeah. But yes, I agree 100%. Yeah, we've 100%. taken in, you know, mom and dad stuff and, the, you know, you should be here by now and, and so on. It's just like, let's just sit where you're at. And this is where you are today. Yeah. And when we accept it, we can still change it. I mean, that's that whole thing of dialectical, you know. DBT is based totally around that accepting and change. Mm -hmm. One is here, one is not here. So yes. on that note, we have to go somewhere else. We have to go to commercials. Uh, this is Gordon Dell here on Things Worth Considering, and we hope we're giving you lots of things to consider. Uh, we're coming to you from Voice America. We'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. 
This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, Gord Riddell here, and uh, I'm talking with Alexius. And we're talking about homeopathy, but we're talking about all kinds of things about lifestyle and uh, how our lives, uh, when we disconnect from them, uh, needs people like her to uh, bring bring that vital energy back in. Uh, I, re- I really have learned actually so much talking to you today. Oh, great. Uh, because I really didn't know this whole element, the philosophical whole person approach, which of course I'm totally in favor of, you know, that's what everything I do. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Uh, just for sharing, at least for me, um, I, my listeners may be going, what, you didn't know that? Uh, no, I didn't know that. I just saw it as being minute pieces of, of something that would in large doses make me very ill, but in small <laughs> doses would actually make me better. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, that right, you're very welcome. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm glad it was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think our biggest obstacle is planetary almost, uh, this stops people from pushing past their barriers and, you know, are we, are, is the world just become passive and tired? Well, g- very good question. I think that's combination. I think that, um, you know, with social media, with the, uh, speed of technology, it's, it's moving so quickly and it's, we're so overstimulated that I believe it causes us to become very dull. So we're not really fully awake okay. that we're not seeing what 
is important. We're not able to be present in the moment. We're not able to really connect with people or each other. And that in itself creates fatigue because again, someone is overstimulated. So, you know, trying to do something when they're fatigued feels like too much. Yeah, yeah, it feels does. Like too much. It does. You know, so when someone says, you know, uh, uh, change your lifestyle, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's just too much. It's like, how much, how much more can I do? I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm going to therapy, I meditate, I, and now, we, now it's like change your diet, change your exercise. Uh, really, it's about, you know, change your life. Well, change, and, change the way and, you think. Is and, what I mean. and, and change can feel scary because when you decide to change or change something, first of all, it has to be in, you know, bite-sized pieces typically that are sustainable, especially if it's a conscious decision. But it does require both attention and a behavioral action or intention with it. So, so giving it a, a attention is important, but it can't be too much. Sometimes when people come in and they have a whole list of what they want to do, it's too much doing because yes. the doing energy is very yang. It's a very masculine energy, right? The being present is the feminine right. and it means creativity. It means we have to pause. It means mm -hmm. we have to basically be still and allow something to either be revealed as a choice or allow something to be seen that we didn't see. Right. But it requires that we, we stop and we're quiet. Our, our internal dialogue is quiet. Right. You know, our eyes are quiet. You know, eyes. When you see people's eyes darting around a lot while they're speaking, that shows you that that's where their attention is moving. So it becomes incredibly scattered, but incredibly overwhelming for them also. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just you know, I think our world is just so overwhelmed by masculine energy. Like, there's way too much testosterone out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and we all, men or women, we lose so much by not having the feminine energy, the intuitive, the creative, the nurturing, the you know traditional you know feminine energy roles kind of thing uh, present. You yes. know, uh, if you look if you look at you know some of the the countries that women have now become the leaders of. Uh, one one of which is Rwanda because of the genocide that happened there. Mm. There's only really women available, um, mm. and they they formed the government very successfully. Uh, if you go into like the Scandinavian countries, they have women prime ministers or presidents, and and so on. Uh, Denmark, the queen, yeah. uh, you know, and and she's she's quite quite the lady actually. Um, but this strong strong feminine uh, uh, you know leadership. All the social issues that we've worried about, that we are continually, especially in America, and it can not as much, but we're constantly arguing over. We have very strong opinions over whether it's family planning or you know pregnancy, unplanned pregnancy uh, termination or whatever. Uh, those are so contentious, and yet you go to female, you know, countries, not female countries, but countries that have females as their leadership. None of those social issues exist. Poverty is dealt with, unplanned pregnancy, child's, you know, a family size, the whole family is, you know, taken care of. Uh, and, we're, and we're just fighting for that all the time over here. Yes. And unfortunately, that seems to be the, 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 what is experienced. However, I also think that there are a lot of, I mean, and I know you're not saying this, but there, there are a lot of men who have that awareness as well, but it's also, it's, it's the culture. It's the, it's the way that our world is driven right now. Right. And, and unless 
we all start to see it as, wait a minute, this is actually way too fast, or this is going, you know, we're forgetting about humanity. Yes. You know, we're forgetting about, we. there's one human race, that's it. We're all humans. And And why is it that some people have so much poverty? That's not something that the universe created. No. Right? That's something no. that was created by us. No. And, and that, you know, shift around feminine energy, because is is incredibly important and i think that it's really going back to the balance we need the masculine absolutely oh absolutely we but need the, the feminine totally. needs to just gonna, have a bit of a stronger voice yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and and, all, and and allowing that to be okay this will actually allow a lot of people to feel more balanced yes as soon as you know you step back and go wow i don't have to keep pushing or keep keep driving and allow myself to be still right just even for a minute yep just so, in a moment, a conversation with somebody. That in itself brings the feminine energy. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, the, the, you know, what you said about, you know, uh, that I wasn't saying about there was no, you know, men that had it. Yeah. There's lots and lots of men have it. Absolutely. But they don't want to be in those leadership positions. They're like, right. no, uh, you know, they want to do nicer things than you know, get shot down by your politician. Yeah. Yeah. Not an easy position at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then you have the women that have strong masculine energies and they're, they're running, you know, like a Elizabeth Warren in the States. I mean, she's, right. wow, she's a real dynamo. Right. Uh, I love watching her uh, go after uh, 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 Bloomsburg the other day. Uh, but, you know, the, the, uh, I think overall, you know, it's just, you know, understanding that it's both exist in us. It's yes. just that somehow or other the male, the doer, and we're all doing, doing, doing. So yes. when you go back to what you said about, you know, changing a, a lifestyle that becomes optimal, and it's like one more thing on it, to-do list. Yeah. And it's like, there's so many things on my to-do list, I can barely fold it over, you know, and put and, it in my pocket. And, exactly. <laughs> and and that's, that's, the, that's one of the biggest things that can help someone is basically to let go of that they have to do something. It really is more of an internal shift. Yes. And, and turning inwards around. It's not external. It's, it's really uh, focusing on what, how can I be differently in this moment? One yep. moment at a time. One, you know, when I go to work today. How can I be differently? And when you start to ask those questions, in Buddhism they call them like often living questions, right? It it sparks curiosity. Yes. It starts to create, oh, it's I'm not locked into this is how it is. Because going back to what you were saying earlier, the thoughts and beliefs that we have that are just there layered, it doesn't allow us to see beyond this one story that we have. And that in turn creates how we need to show up and we think we have to do this is what we need to do we have to keep pushing and busyness and and have all these things right none of them feed us on a soul level yeah right yeah and they're not really much of a legacy to leave no you know definitely I, not I, either uh you know i, I start teaching uh, in uh in march a uh of course it's called conscious living and conscious dying mm. um and one of the things he's looking at is, is what is our legacy? What do we want to leave, you know, that people will remember us by? And it certainly isn't my to-do list. No, <laughs> that's know? exactly, exactly. People have difficulty, yeah. you know, sort of yeah. figuring out what, what is that, yeah. you know. Yeah. They, they, they think it's some sort of big grandiose thing. But, you know, it, it's actually sometimes when we talk about, you know, families moved on, they've died, and it's like, well, remember when grandma did, you know, and it was always, it's always something little, 
that becomes the legacy. You know, yes. it's not a it's not a, a huge statue in downtown, you know, whatever city it is. You know, uh, we get caught up in uh, the things that we need to do are so big that we we can't even begin them. Right. Right. So to optimize health is to not take one little step and change this today. And, and maybe next week we'll try something else. <clears throat> it's all there. It's all on this list that arrived. And it has to happen now. Right. And that I think that just kills all of us. Oh, yes, you're absolutely right. And it, I think it kills our vision. Yes, but it kills vision. It kills a sense of um, even a sense of believing that we can do it. Yes. Because when it's it's like, oh, I'm so tired. I, there's not enough left for me to get there. And, and simplifying is one of the best ways people can uh, just make it make their lives easier yeah is take an ease to it whatever there whenever there's ease that's the path to follow and it can feel too easy and that's I always tell people if it feels too easy you're you are on the right track you're on the right path exactly and and it's it again goes into of course we need challenge and things like this but when it comes to overall optimal health less is more just like homeopathy Right, right, right. Less is more. Yes. This yeah, is yeah, what absolutely. Hahnemann was saying. Is like, why give a crude substance if it's going to have toxic effects on someone? Let's see if we can make it so dilute that it can still have a benefit. But again, the perception of treating the vital force comes back to the, the whole um, uh, concept of what you're, how you're using the medicine. Uh, totally. And our, our, uh, I think our overall approach is, if this much is good, then this much is even better. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, that we have a tendency to over over imbibe in everything, yeah, including medicine. Oh, including you can you can absolutely over imbibe in good things. Yeah, you know, it's it's like again, it's the foundation. If you're, you know, sometimes people will have such a good self care regime, it stresses them. Yes. So it'll be meditation and yoga and you know nature walks and and journaling and all of this. How do you have a job? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the other part is is that, but what they're doing, they're doing it from a place where it's from the chaos, right. the energy of chaos, rather than the energy of being grounded and centered. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but that's such an that's that's just a feeling we don't know. Correct. Grounded and centered. Yeah. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is a rock is grounded and centered. Well, you know? a rock is a great <laughs> model. Because, is, you know, yeah. John Kabat-Zinn does a lot of meditations using, you know, the mountain meditation. Okay. How do you let yourself feel a felt sense of being a mountain that's rooted in the earth's crust? Mm. It's a very beautiful metaphor because often language and because we're in our heads so much, we're using too many words. So when you use images and think, wow, what would it be like to feel like a mountain? Well, absolutely. You know, you would feel this solid weightedness where you're connected into the earth. Right. And grounded means that, yeah, it's not go- you're not going to be destabilized very easily. Right. The wind you know? will blow and you're not going to blow yeah. over, fall yeah. over. Uh, there's a storm passing through the mountains. The trees are moving. They're bending. They're getting wet. But there is this centered stability. Yes. Yeah. And, that's, is- and that takes a lot to, I think, you know, really pull down into our, our centeredness <laughs> is to know what that actually is and yes. believe that that is there. Yeah. The belief, you're right, that that it goes back to uh, not being aware of it. Yes. It's there all the time. Yeah. We, we don't have any have model. To, we just, well, we have to just choose to turk, turk, turk the, turn, turn the lens, as I stutter, turn the <laughs> lens inward instead of outwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then it's there. We're so outwardly focused. Yeah, we are. That's to make we sure are. that we're okay. Yes. 
Yes. And everybody else's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will you come back? Absolutely. All right. Thank uh, you, Gordon. We're coming up to uh, the end here. Uh, I really enjoyed our chat. I did too. And talking. And uh, yeah, I even learned some stuff. This is great. I love that. Great. Um, uh, yes. The uh, you know I think people out there just need to chill. Yes. And one, you know, I'm going to steal something right out of AA, one step at a time. You know, well said. We don't have to climb the mountain today. Uh, the fact you even know the mountain is there, that's a brilliant. That's a brilliant start. You know, uh, yes. is just working with that that imagery. You know, so um, on that note, I invite you to join us again next week uh, here at Things Worth Considering, and we do try to bring you things that are worthy of our consideration. So, Alexis, I thank you so much. Thank you for being Gordon. here, and uh, we will be back. I'm Gordon Dell, your host, and I'll be back next week, uh, bringing you another show. Bye now. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.